in a world <laughs> where the facts are fun <laughs> and the lies are, are also boring. fun. Oh, those are boring. Okay. That would be a good world. If the lies were if lies were just always boring, <laughs> the world would be so much better in so many Wouldn't ways. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's just like, oh God, why am I so bored? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> These falsehoods. <laughs> Fun fact, public safety had a very different definition in the 1930s. Hmm. As did some other things. <laughs> in the 1930s, <laughs> and, nine years ago. So uh, today I would like to tell you the story of a man named Francis Two-Gun Crowley. Okay. Yeah. So it's, It sounds well equipped. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. He was prepared, right? So, so Mr. Crowley was a troubled youth with a, with a criminal history. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you're named two guns, you're like <laughs> you're you set off yeah, for trouble. It's, it's kind of right there. He also had a hatred for the police, okay, wow, well. uh, because they had killed his brother during an attempted arrest. Sure, that's understandable. Yeah. So on February 21st, which is also my sibling Khalil's birthday, happy birthday hmm. in February of 1931, Khalil, uh, you were negative, you know, 60 years <laughs> whatever. old or whatever, 50 years old. So on February 21st, 1931. Mr. Crowley and two other young men crashed an American Legion dance in the Bronx. Do you have the American Legion in Canada? I guess probably not. It'd be the Canadian Not Legion. a lot of American Legions, <laughs> yeah. but we have the Canadian Legion, okay. so I can sort of imagine. Great. So some Legionnaires tried to remove these, these ne'er-do-wells, mm-hmm. and Crowley took out a gun and wounded two men before fleeing. Just one gun. Just one gun at this point. So he was charged with attempted murder, and, uh, and he went into hiding. Then on March 13th, so like a, almost a month later, he was confronted by the police and he shot a detective while escaping into an office building. Okay. Now, two days later after that, March 15th, he robbed a bank with four friends. Okay. So he, this is quite the spree he's going on. I think at this point, it's like, I'm a, I'm a wanted man. I might as well just keep racking up those Ex- star exactly. ratings. He's, this is like, he's playing Grand Theft Auto. He's like, how do I get to the, the five helicopters stars? are coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I've saved my game anyway. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I, I'm using a cheat code. Like, none of this yeah. is... So one month later, he broke into the apartment of a real estate broker. And when the man resisted, Crowley shot him five times with two pistols. Okay, so he's leveled up since then. Which is how he earned the nickname Two Gun. Sure. But it also seems way unnecessary for like <laughs> doing battle with a real estate agent. It's true. The man actually survived. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. and his okay. dog chased off uh, Two Gun. He needs even more guns. He, he also shot and killed a woman who uh, resisted the advance of a friend. He, I mean, that's less cool. I mean, real estate agents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just successfully bought a house. Actually, sir. we have a great, we have a, yeah, so yeah. we have a great real estate agent, actually. So he, people he, he escaped during a high speed chase in a running gun battle, which sounds very intense. Yeah. Uh, and eventually he was stopped by some police officers. And when pulled over, he shot and killed one of them and wounded the other and sped off. So, so like max star rating. And also at this point, I'm starting to get a sense, like if I'm a member of the public, I mean, I might not be feeling very safe with right. this guy he's, going to do all these he things. He is a nerd. He is a real danger and a really awful guy. He's up to right? no good. I was I was kind of jokingly cheering at oh, the beginning. Oh, yeah. But now it's you're like, too I, much. I don't want to be cheering. Too much. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not a good guy. So no. the following day, he was tracked down to a fifth floor apartment on West 91st Street in Manhattan. Okay. He was with his girlfriend. He was 19, by the way. And his, oh, wow. his girlfriend was 16. And he was with his girlfriend, Helen Walsh, and his friend, Fats Duranger, which is... That's a classic classic ne'er-do-well yeah, don't think your that gets used as much today 
No. So the police assembled 300 officers outside the building. (laughs) Okay. I mean, they've been embarrassed pretty poor, badly by this point, so I can see why. But at that, like, yeah, once you are 200 officers, I'm not sure exactly what the extra 100 are going to do, but. (laughs) They were armed with rifles, machine guns, and tear gas. Uh And the standoff, and this is where the fun fact comes in, the standoff attracted 50. 15,000 bystanders. Oh. I mean, if I saw 300 police officers gathered, you know, it's already quite a spectacle, right? Yeah, I'm going sh- so to show you a photo from the New okay. Yorker that, that was taken during this, this standoff. We okay, put in the so show notes. What am I seeing here? Oh, so like the street is just full of people basically begging to get hit by a street These bullet. people are like 20 <laughs> feet away from the police officers. And they're just everywhere. Who, like everywhere. the thing that... Police do now where they like cordon off the area. No with the, cordoning. Like, do not cross. There was, this was like, you know, this is going to be in the textbook. It was like, why do we cordon off? Yeah. Areas? Yeah. This is yeah. why they cordon off the streets. 15,000 people. Look, they're oh on the, the stoops. They're around the on every surface in the windows. They're, yeah, yeah. They're just staring up. It's it's absolutely insane. When I when I when I heard this story out, th- this was the thing that like I couldn't move forward. I was like fifteen thousand people. <laughs> like that is oh, just a lot of people. The shootout lasted for almost two hours, and the police fired an estimated seven hundred rounds into the building. I mean, that's like not that many rounds per officer. That's true. Actually, you're right about yeah. that. Walsh and Duringer, the the girlfriend and the friend, were, were like reloading his two guns for him. Oh, wow. And Crowley even threw back tear gas grenades that the police were shooting through an, a hole cut in the roof into the apartment. Oh, jeez. For two hours. And he's shooting at them. They're shooting at him. 15,000 people are surrounding <laughs> the building. It's 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 impossible to conceive. This would be like a Coen Brothers movie or yeah, something. Yeah, this does not seem real. Uh, yeah. 100% real. So uh, eventually, after four gunshot wounds, he surrendered. Now, in another change from modern times... It took three weeks to try and convict and sentence him to death by electric chair. Yeah, I feel like there would be a much longer process. I feel like that would be a decade now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it would be news headlines and news headlines. It news would be headlines. alleged, alleged robbery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was allegedly in a firefight. The, the system yeah. failed him. They- I mean, the system obviously, like, not to, like, not to take this, like, too be too apologetic for this guy yeah definitely it's the system probably failed this Something guy to have gotten onto this path that this sure. went this ridiculous but yeah although uh, yeah. he was just kind of a ne'er-do-well so like his his partner fats was also sentenced to death during his time on death row uh mr crowley mr two-gun crowley stuffed his uniform down a toilet set fire to his bed and frequently made homemade weapons yeah <laughs> at his execution which took place i think a couple weeks after fats had been executed Okay. His, his final his final words, final request was for a rag so he could wipe the chair after that rat sat in it. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. So this, was, this wasn't a person that, uh, you know, just like a kind-hearted person who had gotten off into the wrong... I don't think so. Into the wrong track. I mean, I he, so. you know, he was, he was put up for adoption and his, you know, and his brother was shot. I mean, he did have some, some real... I, I, I kind of get a poverty vibe from him, you know. Yeah, that would not be for surprising. Sure. But like 15,000 people. I still can't. I'm sorry. I cannot get past that. That's, I mean, the, we'll post the photo. Up. Yeah. Okay, y'all need to, y'all need to check this out. So, yeah. Francis Two Gun Crowley. We, uh, we don't salute you. The, there's, there's some accounts of the trial that are pretty fascinating. Like he was very un, he was very non plused. Uh, is that, mm. that's not how you say mm-hmm. that, 
right? I would have said nonplussed, but uh, I think it's nonplussed. Yeah. yeah, he he was like, uh, you know, that like I said, I'll put a um a, a some. So the New Yorker was reporting on this. They were reporting on it like it was like funny. Again, the 1930s, very different. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't do so. Hundreds and hundreds of rounds fired. Did any bystanders get hit? Not as far as I know. They were joking about that in the uh, in the New Yorker. Yeah. Which is also weird. Yeah. So he was a, what did they say? He was a remarkable figure to observe this preposterous youth who had killed a man because he had decided to be a killer and stood a city on its ear when the time came for his arrest. And they're just like, he's. That sounds like a New Yorker kind of thing to say. Yeah, for, even, for sure. Eight years ago, nine years ago. On the witness stand, he was a miracle of vanity. Many faces were staring at him, touched with wonder and with more than a trace of respect. And under their influence, he was warmed to a deep satisfaction with himself. He seemed. What year was this? 1931. He seemed horribly unaware of the drooping touch of destiny that hovered over his shoulder, yet it was almost impossible to feel pity for one so full of vain, ridiculous pride. I feel like, my, I mean, I don't, I'm not very well researched on this part of American history or probably just world history in general, but it feels like when there is a economic depression and really hard times, yeah. then there's a lot more public uh, interest and willingness to um, cheer on uh, the you know basically anyone who's oh, sticking yeah, it to the, the man the, the anyone who's stealing kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah anyone who is uh being disruptive and you know <laughs> this sort of attitude of i'm going to take what i want you know yeah. they're maybe not cheering on the murder but the sort of idea of a figure who uh, is not you know towing the line so to speak uh, so I, I imagine there was some of that thread going through it yeah no doubt they the the new yorker was also very uh interested in in the in the 16 year old girlfriend who was released uh uncharged because she you know cooperated cooperated with the with the police but they, they said of her she was not a creature of your world or of mine because she seemed bored at the trial and uh she seemed to conceal a faint smile that sprang from some incalculable amusement within her and there were these. This, there's some examples. I won't read, read the whole thing, but there's some examples of the questions there. And they're asking her, and one of the thing, the last thing they said was, "What were your relations with Crowley?" And she said, "I wasn't in love with him, if that's what you mean. I liked him all right." Just <laughs> <laughs> like, God, it's just that's like a, something from a movie. It's totally like something from the a whole movie. thing is just too much. So yeah. There you go, Francis Two Gun Crowley. And so the the fact itself was that public safety. Was something different. Very different. Meant something different back then. When it was yeah. just like, you know how we're going to defend the, make pub- people safe? We're just going to have hundreds of officers firing Openly into a firing. window where thousands yeah. of people crowd around. Yeah, I might do a series um, of like public safety was different in the 1930s because there are some crazy stories. Like I've been reading this, you know, I got this because I've been reading these old New Yorker. It's like someone has a blog where they're summarizing old New Yorkers. Mm. And it's fascinating. And I'm in the 30s. And there's just so many details that are just completely un you know impossible to modern modern you know lives like just the complete disregard for safety and uh and and you know any protections for anyone of any kind it's just it's shocking when they, they play with that in like a lot of period things like Mad Men. Yeah. they'll have the the parents the kids will be doing something like i think it's the first episode maybe the second episode there's like um the c- couple young kids are playing with one of those big dry cleaning bags like the giant mm. plastic bags um and they're like they've gone into the bag, which is obviously extremely dangerous. And so they they run the kids run out in the dry cleaning bag into the front yard. Mm. And mom says, "Hey, what are you doing? My dry cleaning better not be on the floor." 
Right. Because <laughs> like every parent has a reaction like, oh, the kids shouldn't be in the bag. And but mom's upset because the bag, that means that what's supposed to have been in the bag has now been dumped somewhere. Right. And that, those kind of little little things that to a modern audience is absurdist. But it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just the hierarchy. Of I have to put I'm going to put it on my list now. Safety standards of the 20s and 30s is happening. I think Safety Standards Corner is like a good corner. <laughs> yeah, I totally think so. So there you go. That will k- kick that off this time with the with the the story of Francis Two Gun Crowley. All right. Um so my first fact here is a return to mm. Large Feline Corner. <laughs> Okay. Which I think we've been to twice, definitely at least once. Definitely we, at least once. A few months back, yeah. we discussed mountain lions, yeah. pumas, cougars, catamounts. Yeah, catamounts. The that they're all the same yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Ligers, um, which I didn't think were real. Yes, and turns out they are. Turn, right? Well, so, we, we're, we don't know. I'm pretty sure we know they're real. Um, <laughs> the jury's out. The jury's out. You haven't personally seen it. So. That's right. Um, and so I've had on my backlog for a while now um, this uh, additional large feline fact uh, but i think this month is a perfect time to visit a fact about one of the most majestic of all cats okay the black panther oh that's good i thought i thought you were gonna say it's like secretly big cat month you know like every month there's like a theme oh i mean there's like 50 of those it's, oh it's yeah. technically dna month and it's like okay what am i okay uh no it's black panther month no but black panther month is definitely black panther month here at the at fun, i'm sure all the for all the fun factors out there we all know that it is definitely black panther month Yes. Um, and so a uh, great time to bring up this fact that I had kind of had on the back burner. Uh, fun fact, the Black Panther is not a species of cat. Wait, what? Uh, not to say that it's something other than a cat. Okay, this is getting less sensible. But that it's actually not a species. So, okay. what is a panther? Well, panthera is the like, genus. It's, it's, it's a, a band. It's a band. <laughs> Right. And yeah. so these are actually members of that band. Uh, that's that's no. why it's not cats. No. I get you. No. Okay. Um, so Panthera is like the scientific classifications, the genus for uh, uh, tigers, lions, jaguars and leopards. Oh, my. Right. Mm-hmm. So so <laughs> Panthera is is those. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but what is a panther? Yeah. What is a panther, Alan? Uh, a panther is a black jaguar or leopard. What? <laughs> so, wait, is, so there are there are black and yellow jaguars and also white jaguars and leopards yeah there's jaguars and leopards of other colors okay but if they're black if they're black then they're black panthers then they're black panthers why would why that black be panther be, like be, why would that be true i did not go into etymology that's your that's Aww, your beat dang it i just I'm accepted so it excited. <laughs> You're just for feverishly googling for why the etymology of I wasn't, the, but now and particularly I'm the the thing Black Panther, like all panthers are black because of, what is a panther? Mm. It's a black jaguar or leopard. Yeah, um, that makes so it's no like melanism, sense. right? So they have the like darker fur. Um, but like one of the ways that really this hit home for me and where this like originally clicked, I'll send you. Uh, I think actually this might come through. I'll send you this link. This is. Uh, so, photo evidence of the fact that a black panther mm-hmm. or pan- all panthers, yeah. but they're black panthers, ha- actually do have spots like the leopards and jaguars have spots. That you just can't see them because they're so dark. You, they can't see them; they're so dark. But on infrared spectrum, you can. Oh my god! That's that, okay. That's very cool. So we'll post that. There's the infrared yeah, uh, panther. Clearly, you can see, see the spots. it looks like a yeah. jaguar spots. Like yeah. you just. Well, everybody it's out there, hidden. I did Alan's work for him. 
Okay, etymology. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a black panther is the melanistic, that's how it's said in Wikipedia, color variant of any pantera, like you said, right? But pantera, the word panther derives from the classical Latin panthera, which ex- itself is from the ancient Greek panther, which is phonetically similar to a Sanskrit word, pandara, meaning pale yellow, whitish, or white. So, so, but why is the panther the black one if that's the etymology? That I, don't, is I feel like this not, is some slapdash no, 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 no. So, etymology that you're just throwing out there. That is, no, 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 no. The, the panther is not, so the, a black panther is the melanistic color variant of any pantera. Yes, but a pantera when, is not whenever a black leopard. we refer in English to a panther, we only ever mean a black panther. I, I don't know why that's true in English. There's not non-black panthers. But there are non-black panteras. Yeah. Yeah. Leopards but I want to know, you go, you put on your etymology cue yeah. why, why the panthers are always in English. Cause that's not black true in, in English, languages. except for the pink panther, obviously who gets an exception. Okay. Um, it's going on the list. So uh, of course then that like, there's a few whys of that. It's like, why is a black panther jaguars and leopards, but not the other, like it's very arbitrary. Um, and I imagine it probably came from like confusing like them they they see they're pretty similar like jaguars and leopards are pretty closely related mm. but of course you're all desperate to know what is the difference between a jaguar and a leopard i'm desperate to know. you're desperate i can hear the desperation in your voice <laughs> so jaguars are a bit bigger and bulkier and they lived in central and south america uh. and they're the dominant cat species they're the biggest cats in that uh environment oh. okay, and then leopards lions are the overall dominant right yeah, but no lions in South America. Okay. So uh, jaguars are the king of the jungle there. And then in Africa and Asia, leopards, which are similar to jaguars, are the smallest big cats. So they're kind of at the bottom huh. of the scheme uh, in Africa and Asia. But they're very similar. They have slightly different spots, but they're very similar animals. So to have them like a black panther being a jaguar versus a leopard, not too much difference in between them. Um, but uh, side bonus fun fact about leopards a leopard can haul an entire impala up a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Only an impala? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe even... I mean, impalas are pretty decent-sized animals. Okay. No? Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was important for you all to know that. So, to summarize, to say Black Panther is redundant, all panthers are black, and they're all majestic. I don't, can you, are you going to have documentation on this all panthers are black thing? Because I can't find any evidence of that. Well, like, what is a panther? That a panther is a, uh, according to Wikipedia, a well, panther pantera, is a cat the, geni- the genus gen- that genus. tigers, lions, jaguars, leopards, and snow leopards. That's pantera, the genus. Okay. But when we say a panther. But there's no Wikipedia page for panther. Right. It just refers to black panther. It just refers to black panther. So panther, so black right. panther So when is, people say... Like in Jungle Book, Bagheera is a panther, mm. right? Mm. What is a panther? Mm. It's a black jaguar or leopard. Interesting. So you're saying that Black Panther? You basically you're just saying Black Panther is redundant. Yeah. Interesting. I'm not just saying that. I'm also it. saying other important facts, oh, like the fact that a leopard can facts. haul an impala up a tree, which yeah, I'm mean, not very impressed by. Extremely impressive. Why is it you haul an impala? No, up a I'm tree. very impressed. I'm just wondering if it's only impalas. Like, if there's something. About they can they can they can only the only thing they can haul up a tree because an impala is an antelope right that kind of thing yeah so could they could they pull like a could they pull the car an impala car up a tree 
They can call, they can haul anything up a tree if it's called an Impala. So, so even the car, Impalas, like the antelope kind of things, they can do a, those. A Chevrolet Impala, and then Chevrolet Impala, but okay. no other thing. But no other thing. <laughs> They're just very picky. <laughs> I worry sometimes, like you know, some people are very literal. Yeah, we have this show about facts, and yeah. it's like ninety something percent that we just say actual true facts, yeah. and then occasionally we throw in totally deadpan ridiculous things, yeah. and then it's just like we assume the audience. But like, yeah. there's might be someone out there. Who, like, we're just occasionally giving really, really wrong information. Yeah, if you're tweeting at us right now or writing us an email about how it seems unlikely that Panthers can only pull things named Impalas up trees, including Chevrolet Impalas, I love you. Yeah, I mean, that (laughs) would be... You're my favorite fun factor. Amazing. I feel a little bit bad, but also... We love you. We love you. Yeah. Okay. So that's my fact. That's my return to Big Cat Corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I've got a fact for you that's... Not related to that. You don't have any large cat Mm. or Impala hauling facts? Uh, Maybe Impala hauling. We'll see. We'll get in there. Okay. We'll see where it goes. All right. So fun fact. Hmm. Fun fact. A Jewish, Polish-born, British, and Canadian adventurer became an aide-de-camp to Sun Yat-sen and a major general in the Chinese National Revolutionary Army. Anytime there's a like a character of history whose one of their titles is adventurer, <laughs> I'm like right in. You're in, right? You're you're yeah. you're, you're ready. This, this person has accumulated like what was it 12 adjectives just in your introduction <laughs> of them. Uh, yeah. so there's a good story on this yeah. one. Yeah. So, like. first of all, who was Sun Yat-sen? Why do we and I'm sorry I'm butchering that name. Sun Yat-sen was the first president of the Republic of China after the Qing Dynasty was overthrown and is seen as a revered Chinese leader in both modern China and in Taiwan. And you might imagine there are not that many modern leaders that are beloved in, in both, both of those places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this this Jewish, Polish-born, British, and Canadian adventurer became an, became an aide-de-camp to Sun Yat-sen. Okay, so let me tell you the story, Alan, of Morris Abraham Two-Gun Cohen. <laughs> wait, wait, to be to hear clear, is this the same t- Two-Gun no, this that was just... Francis Two Gun Crawley. Oh, this is Francis Two Gun. Okay, now this is Morris, Morris Two Gun Abraham Two Gun Cohen. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm picking up. We're in a Two Gun theme. <laughs> I'm getting that. I'm a hint of that. I don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> it's uh, just a coincidence. So, so Mr. Two Gun Cohen was born Abraham, and then I'm really not sure how to pronounce this Polish last name. It is spelled M I A L C Z Y N. So I'm going to say Miał. Chin. I'd say Miaochin. Okay, we're going to say we're going to say that. Sorry people who know Polish, please write in and let us know. So, he was born in Poland in 1887, and in 1889 his family moved to England and they changed their last name to Cohen because it was easier to pronounce. Sure. Uh when he was 13, he was arrested as a person suspected of attempting to pick pockets, mm, which is that's just a phenomenal Seems pretty thin. that just seems like the kind of guy that would pick pockets i feel like this person is on a very different track than our previous two guys (laughs) (laughs) but like how amazing is that if a person suspected of attempting to pick pockets it's just i think that i think that's called uh yeah police leeway yeah for sure and he was sent to a sort of jewish reform school Mm. and uh five years later his parents sent him to western canada quote with the hope that the fresh air and open plains of the new world will reform his ways. 
there's a lot of stories of that, like in the fam- I don't I mean, I imagine in the States too, but definitely in Canada and Western Canada, where it would be like in relatively modern times, somebody would be sent here or they would come here because they'd have a sick family member. And like it was basically doctor's orders, like go somewhere where there's so much like fresh air yeah. as if like more than a certain quantity of fresh air, like as if like <laughs> they can just go to like, uh, you know, rural yeah. Britain yeah. at the time yeah. that they need so much no, fresh air that that's going to cure them. There's just more air. Yeah. Although, I mean, like, in their defense, like, in the 1800s and 1900s, like, uh, like in London or whatever, oh, pollution, it was a very disgust. Like, they, I mean, it could e- easily, you could easily uh, defend a don't breathe this air anymore for your health uh, oh, request. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when he got to Canada, he was initially a farmer. Uh, but then he learned how to shoot a gun and play cards. Mm-hmm. So, he made his living as a carnival talker. Which I don't know what that is. Like, as a in, like one maybe? of the barkers, like, hey, see here, come on, try I, only I five dollars, so. that kind of thing. Gambler. I was not a very impressed. I need to practice my barker voice. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so, a carnival talker, gambler, grifter, and legitimate successful real estate broker. Ah, well, I mean, Western Canada in that time, real estate was a good place to be. You know, when it's like five cents an acre or whatever, yeah. there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Sometimes he landed in jail. Well, yeah, that was the style of the time. <laughs> so eventually, sometimes he just seemed like the sort of person who would pick pockets. Yeah. He just had that look. <laughs> he just appeared like he might be attempting to pick. Just that shifty fingers. Yeah, he 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 became eventually he became friends with some uh, Chinese exiles mm-hmm. who were working on the Canadian Pacific Railways, and eventually he he knocked out a thief who tried to rob a Chinese restaurant. Ah. And this camaraderie, which was extremely unusual, it was very unusual that any non-Chinese people would do anything to defend Chinese people. It was horrible. Y- yes. At the time, it was yeah. absolutely horrible. And But this camaraderie eventually led to his being invited to join the Tong Meng Hu, which I'm also sure I'm pronouncing incorrectly, which was Sun Yat-sen's secret underground resistance movement. Ah, resistance to the Communist Party? No, no, no. This is way pre-communist. We're 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 in the 1800s, right? So this is right. Oh, yeah, sure. All right, in the early 1900s, 1905, 1910, something like that. So this is the anti-Manchu organization. The Manchu uh, was the ethnic group that was the running the Qing dynasty. Dynasty. Sure, sure. Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, he became an an advocate for the Chinese. He he moved to Edmonton, and uh, and then he there he became one of the provincial capital's leading real estate agents. Or he became the manager of one of the leading agencies and was appointed on the personal recommendation of the attorney general to serve the province as commissioner of oaths, which I'm not uh, familiar with that was an appointment offered only to, quote, fit and proper persons. So we know on historical fact that either he was a fit and proper person or, or he had the right connections to be declared fit and proper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... In it was uh, in pre World War One Edmonton that he began his long and varied military career. He was recruiting members of the Chinese community and training them in drill and musketry on behalf of Sun Yat-sen's organization in Canada. Oh, I got to add musketry to my resume. So uh, during World War One, he fought with the Canadian Railway Wait, so, troops. So he was training. He was do- doing military work, but like, and he was training like a militia. Like yeah, a he was training militia? a Chinese militia. To eventually go and overthrow the Qing dynasty. But from Canada. That's so from cool. From Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, right. is, it is very cool. I completely yeah. agree. So <laughs> he, he, uh, he fought in World War I uh, with the, Canadian, with the uh, Canadian Railway troops, which was apparently a mm. thing. And he, part of his job to do that uh, involved uh, supervising Chinese laborers. 
He actually saw some pretty fierce fighting on the Western Front, especially during the Third Battle of Ypres or Ypres. I'm really I've always wondered how to pronounce not that doing a battle. great job on pronunciation of things this time. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the German Dritte Flanderschlaft. And, uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they always, I mean, it's a famous Canadian battle. I don't know if it like ranks, if it's in the American. No, um, I don't think so. I don't know about it. But I see that that battle, Y-P-R-E-S. Yeah. Ypres, Ypres. No, it's got to be one syllable, in Y-P-R-E-S. Dutch, it's Der de Slag om Vlanderen. So that's, you know, very easy to say. Anyway, uh, after the war... He tried to resettle in Canada and get things going again, but the economy wasn't very good in post-World War I Canada, and uh, eco- uh, specifically the real estate boom had, had cratered. Mm-hmm. And so in 1922, he headed to China to help close a railway deal for Sun Yat-sen with uh, a certain Canadian railroad. Okay. After he got to Shanghai, he went to see the, uh, the man who was the, uh, one of the journalists for Sun's English-language newspaper, the Shanghai Gazette. And that guy got him an interview with with Sun's English language secretary, and Cohen got hired to work in some capacity for Sun. I, it doesn't really say what. And he kind of just moved into Sun's house. This feels like an Alexander Hamilton kind of situation. Like you got like a smart, capable person who's willing to get his hands dirty, that's just like working their way up to to power. Yeah, kind of. So he just he he started. He just immediately whatever his actual job was, he just started training Sun's army to box and shoot. And just started telling everyone that he was an aide de camp and acting colonel in the army. Because <laughs> confidence is like 75 to 95% of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. His colleagues started calling him Ma Gun. And uh, he, his, he didn't really speak Chinese. Hmm. But it wasn't really a problem because most of the people in charge uh, of Sun's group, including Sun, spoke English. And uh, he, Ma Kun, sorry, not Ma Gun. And he became one of Sun's main protectors, and he would, like, shadow the leader to, like, conferences and war zones and stuff. Oh, wow. So, anyway, after one of those battles, he got nicked by a bullet, and so he started carrying a second gun. Hence the nickname Two Gun. <laughs> so, uh, after Sun died, he ended up working for a series of southern Chinese Kuomintang leaders, and he eventually did actually earn the rank of acting general. Oh, when the Chinese, when the Japanese invaded in 1937, he rounded up weapons for the Chinese and wor- did work for the British Intelligence Agency Special Operations Executive. Wait, so he's working for British intelligence at this point. Is he then like working against the Chinese, or is that no, no, no? He's working for the Chinese and the British against. So the Chinese during World War II are being invaded by Japan. So he's working for right, the Chinese okay, and, the British and the British um, against mm-hmm. Japan. It's like a friend of her, or enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, now. and he actually managed to prove that the Japanese were using poison gas on the Chinese. Uh, he was in Hong Kong when the Chinese attacked, uh, when the Japanese attacked and saved some pretty famous people and uh, stayed and fought and was actually imprisoned in a Japanese internment camp uh, or a Japanese uh, prisoner of war camp and, uh, you know, was treated very poorly until he was part of a rare prisoner exchange in late 1943. It didn't sound like there was a, mo- like the prisoner exchanges seemed to be much more like, I don't say modern thing, but like they were not very common. Yeah, in World, World War, War II. II, it seemed just kind of like oh, we're too busy to do this. Yeah. Just everybody, they were just very be awful to everyone. Yeah. So he he returned to Canada, settled in Montreal, got married, and kept traveling back to China to try to establish more business ties. But mostly just hung out and like told you know tall tales about his uh, his 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 life in, <laughs> his in, adventures. In China. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. After the nineteen forty nine communist takeover, he was one of the few people who was able to move between Taiwan and mainland China. Oh. 
And eventually all of his travels kind of led to his divorce, sadly. But when when the newly formed United Nations began the debate on the partition of Palestine, mm-hmm. he heard that the Chinese delegation was planning to oppose and flew to San Francisco and personally convinced the head of the delegation to abstain. What? What? Oh, right, because he was Jewish. It was like the very, very beginning of the story. I was like, why does he care about that? completely irrelevant topic but that's interesting yeah he was able to then like help mold international yeah major diplomatic yeah pretty crazy and he eventually uh, retired to england where his uh sister lived and kind of kept you know good relations with various chinese communist leaders did some consulting and stuff and and died in 1970 he there are multiple books and movies about him Hmm. i find it fascinating people who have make um like a career or a mark on history by being the emissary in between different cultures yeah. and, and, or like, you know, this person, I mean, obviously there's many movies about this idea, but like, you know, this person goes either by intention or by chance and ends up in a totally different culture. And then they sort of like have a outsized impact right, they because thrive. they're like the translator in between yeah. those cultures, like the, the one person from this culture or for that speaks this language or whatever. And it's always a, a spark for interesting stories. Totally. So there, there is the story, the tale of Two Gun Cohen. <laughs> All right. I have. Well, so now I'm getting suspicious as to what your third fact is. You mentioned before <laughs> that you wanted to try and get in three facts. I do. <laughs> and you're we're two we're in two in. And so for my second fact, I'm just going to do a short one. It's just like it's a little fact. I think, I think it's it's more fun than it is like super deep. So, but my last fact is short. I should say that. Yeah, I feel like we're moving at a good pace. Okay. So, uh, as I'm sure you, Arik, of course, know, uh, people who may are not into software may or may not know, uh, computers operate in terms of bits. What? Collections of ones and zeros. I know, you're shocked to learn this information. <laughs> ones and zeros? not something zeros? modern programmers need to deal with How could very that often. make any sense? Um, but people are often exposed to this in terms of, we'll hear the term bytes, like, okay, there's megabytes and gigabytes of stuff. Right. Uh, a byte being a set of eight bits. Well... I have a byte-related fact. Okay, no one understands what you're talking about now except the people who do, but I'm excited for your fact. Well, I think most people, like, so all you need to understand is that uh, a, a bit is one, a one or a zero, and that's what computers do everything in. Yeah, computers only understand ones and zeros, and all other numbers yeah. are made up from ones and zeros. Yeah, yeah. and that, but that more often they work because, like, ones and zeros are... Um, each one and zero is like so an irrelevant amount of information on its own. And so they work often more often in terms of eight bits at a time, yes. which we call a byte. Yes. So so it's a little set of eight. Uh, fun fact, the French word for byte is octet. Oh. Yeah, so it's just like a little, it's like a eight bits hanging out together. Maybe yeah. they're singing. That's a better word for it. It's an objectively much better, better word. word. Yeah. And if you think that's good, the word for megabyte is then mega octet. Yeah. It's just a really awesome octet. That's and <laughs> in Canada. The best octet. If you're looking, if there are any currently any reasons why you might think maybe I should be in Canada, well, if you are looking at packaging on any computer stuff and it talks about megabytes in the French side talks about mega octets so so in the vancouver side does it put both megabytes and mega octets because everything is required to be translated to french 
Yeah. So in Canada, packaging over a certain amount size of company and needs to have English and French. And so anything that is uh, electronics, like there's a lot of like handmade indie <laughs> electronics. <laughs> and so pretty much always you have English and French. And then so we'll see the, the mega, so, uh, mega octets. Have you spent much time in, in French Canada? Not very much. I've visited. I have some family. Uh, my mom was born there, but it grew up mostly here. So I've, i mostly only know it from the packaging, honestly, <laughs> and from doing French in school in, in French Canada though. Yeah. Does the packaging have English on it? Um, in, as I understand it in Quebec, uh, the packaging rules are require English and French, okay. but in the it, I think it's at the provincial level or definitely at the city level. I think it's at the provincial level. They have a rule which is because they're very from past history, uh, cautious, not even cautious, like I don't say militant, but like it is also kind of militant about defending their French heritage because there's been a history of uh, majority English Canada trying to kind of like displace and undermine the French speaking part of Canada. And so they have rules where signage in re- in stores needs to have the French wording at least as big, but maybe even the rules has to be bigger, but like you cannot have like English is the main thing and then French is a secondary thing. It's like French has to be the main thing and English is a secondary thing in terms of signage. And that comes up sometimes where it'll be like some person who's, you know, either immigrated or for whatever reason doesn't really even speak French. And mm. they're like getting threatened that their restaurant is going to get shut down because it says like Joe's Pizza and it has to, you know, they have to have a bigger French sign that says, you know, Pizza did Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely pizza did show because because I I I felt I've only been to Montreal and only once but I felt like there was an imbalance in in like the amount of English I saw in Montreal was less than the amount of French I saw in Vancouver which sort of seemed goofy to me but maybe that's well, you're probably my... seeing French in Vancouver in the airport in particular like mm. in a federal um, context I've never been to the Vancouver airport I don't think oh okay. Well, or the border. You, yeah. you got into the country somehow. I've, I have gone through the border, but I always drove because I was and they say hello, from Seattle. Um, but the... Is there an airport? In, what is it? YV, I have flown into the Vancouver airport is there an one airport time. In YVR. I flew yes, in we have an airport. <laughs> no, I was joking about there being one, but I mean, I have flown there one time because I was coming from LA. But every That's other time nice airport. I've driven. Uh, in Quebec, which is the French primary province there is a very different relationship in between english and french in the cities and like especially like montreal where it's a very uh international uh population there as opposed to if you're in like rural quebec Quebec. it's very different yeah 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 that makes sense well i think that's a way better name because bits and bytes are sound too similar it's very confusing, even as someone It's arbitrary. Who, yeah, totally. Even as someone who understands it, it's pointless and confusing. And I feel like Octet, you know, remi- immediately lets you know what you're uh, what you're dealing with. And it's kind of poetic. It's yeah, I like fun. it. I'm, I think we should. I'm on board. I think that's the new that's the new official name of the bite. Well, apparently the, uh, the, the network protocol d- documents such as the internet protocol, RFC 791-1981, refer to the 8-bit byte as an octet. Oh, well, pff, then it's, then it's done if the RFC says it. Yeah, and I mean the international standard IEC 8D1013 also, wait, they, what did they codify? I'm just like <laughs> reading stuff. That I'm not you just knew that off the top of your head. 
<laughs> I just know all this stuff. You know, the term bite was coined by Werner Buchholz in June 1956. Okay, get on with your third fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So fun fact. A surprisingly no- large number of people, places, and things have been referred to as two-gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm learning. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so there was John Two-Gun's white calf, okay. who was a chief of the Pegan Blackfeet in Montana. All right. He claimed to be the model for the profile on the Indian head nickel. Oh, uh, but okay. that's disputed because the person who sculpted it said it was an amalgam of multiple people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there Including was him, probably. Lefty Two Guns, a.k.a. Uh. Lefty Ruggiero, a member of the Bonanno crime family, who was a friend and mentor of FBI undercover agent Johnny Depp. Wait, I mean, Donnie Brasco. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lefty Two Guns huh. from Donnie Brasco. Does it matter if you're lefty or righty? If you got two guns, then you can just. <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. Why? Why does? But like, <laughs> you were lefty, and then he 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 sort of works on his skills, becomes ambidextrous, but then they're not going to change his nickname. Yeah. Now I want to. And like, going Andy. I mean, work. I guess he was lefty because he was left-handed. I didn't actually look that up. <laughs> lefty. I always, I always assumed someone was lefty is like left-handed, but you could also imagine like maybe they have like their lazy eye on the left side or something. I don't know. You can imagine other reasons or maybe like it, it's a crime family. So it could be like a sort of story as to why he's lefty. But I wish there was a better story. Wait, hold on. Ru- Ruggiero earned his nickname lefty from tossing dice left-handed while playing craps. Okay. So he's probably just left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> he got the nickname two guns because he liked to use two guns. I mean, that's it's good that that's spelled out. I'm just kind of going to go ahead for all. If I, I don't know if you have even more two gun people. Oh yeah, because I'm just going to assume all of them at some point were known for using two guns. We there, don't need to. There was two gun Pete, mm-hmm. who was an African American cop in Depression era Chicago. Unfortunately, known for his insane brutality. And if you're known yeah. in the Depression era for your brutality, it, it was is it's very very brutal. As we discussed, safety standards very different. It was very very brutal. There have been many, many films, way too many to mention, involving two guns, from uh, Two Gun Law to Two Gun Caballero, Two Gun of the Tumbleweed, Two Gun Betty, Two Gun Man from Harlem. Two Gun to Yuma. Which is a night. That's a funny joke. Two, <laughs> two Gun Man from Harlem, which is a 1938 film with an all African-American cast. Huh. Yeah. There have been two different superheroes in the Marvel Comics universe called the Two Gun Kid. <laughs> they do not keep their story. Like <laughs> you go the superheroes and especially the Marvel one, they're just really like they just create super in the sixties. Yeah. They would just like every uh Every issue would have like ten new superheroes, and they wouldn't even check. They didn't have like yeah, yeah they didn't have any a, any like research department of the previous ones. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> uh, they didn't even keep track. They didn't keep track. This was not in the sixties, but I still completely agree with your completely. Oh wait, wait hold on, wait, wait. Maybe one of them was in the sixties. Anyway, there. I feel two like different... like ninety percent of Marvel superheroes. Or there's like a U shape where like there's hordes and hordes in the 60s. No, but one of them like, was in the late 40s, 48, 49, and the other one was in 53. So that's not even four years later. They're like, nah, <laughs> who needs that two gun? <laughs> Different yeah. two guns. It wasn't even, or was it just like before they had, we now have the modern idea that a superhero can like have different people wear the mantle of Yeah, but I don't, Spider-Man. I think they just retconned it. Like I really yeah, do. I and I, I can't find any proof of this other than the fact that the Wikipedia page for two gun kid lists one of the categories as Jewish superheroes, but apparently at least one of the two gun kids was, was Jewish. So that's a, yeah, that's, that's our cool. second Jewish two gun, which, well, yeah. uh, which I appreciate. 
Uh, two gun is even a word in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Okay, like, like two dash gun is a word, which means carrying two guns or adept at the use of two guns. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think two guns was more popular back when guns were like really unreliable, and so you just like you just in, one, in case one of them clonked out? Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's probably why. Because yeah. I don't think that like I mean, two guns is like you know intrinsically cooler looking as as I mean, oh way cooler. Yeah, guns are are bad, and we don't support them. But or maybe you do, I don't know. But gun, guns are not. bad. No, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> but two guns definitely cooler than one gun. I think we can, you know, from like a cowboy, you know, in the way that like smoking is cool, but we extremely disapprove. That's so, exactly okay, in right. that way. Yeah. yeah. Finally, like it's cool, like in quotes. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely in quotes, kids. If you're listening, guns are guns and cigarettes are not cool. So yeah. finally, semi-finally, there, there, there's, oh there's two guns, Arizona. Okay. So Two Guns Arizona is currently a ghost town. Okay, this is a place now. Okay. It is a play, an actual place. It's a ghost town. It was named for silent movie actor William S. Two Guns Hart. Okay. Who the founder of the town claimed to have worked with. And every story I've seen about this town makes a point of saying that the founder claimed to have worked with this man so it's <laughs> a ghost town named ever a guy that the founder of the town claimed, claimed to, have worked with to have worked with because he was in movies in which he wielded two guns william s hart has a star on the hollywood walk of fame and was the most popular western star of the silent film era oh hmm. yeah and in fact james vincenzo capone who was al capone's older brother oh. was called two gun heart because of his obsession with the actor William S. <laughs> Two Guns Hart. <laughs> he even legally changed his last name to Hart and tried to imitate his cowboy persona as much as possible. In a silent era, it would be interesting. Like, when you think of imitating someone, you think of like imitating their voice, voice. and, yeah. right? But you wouldn't even know what they sound like. Yeah. What, what I find fascinating about. This story about Mr. Two Gun Hart is that every story about William S. Hart mentions that he was William S. Two Gun Hart, right? That was his deal. Capone literally got the nickname Two Gun Hart because of how much he loved this actor, right? Mm -hmm. Wikipedia page for William S. Hart does not mention Two Guns. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No mention. No mention except for one... Uh, one movie he was in called Two Gun Hicks was a 1914 short, but there's a lot of movies, as we discussed. Uh, uh, Harold Lloyd, one of the three main silent era comedians, was in a Two Gun named short. Like, there's lots of movies like that. You're definitely, you're getting into, like, Wikipedia is, has this kind of curve where if it is an article about something that is, historians care a lot about and is something that there's, uh, has was a high impact Kind of right, but click on that link. You'll tend to get articles that are... It's not a short article. Uh, yeah, it's a decent length article yeah. with lots of references yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With lots yeah, of references and external links. And no That mention. makes me think there might be some... Like, maybe the two-gun... Like, maybe he wasn't referred to as two-gun. No, except that that's why Al Capone's brother... Like, if you go to Al Capone's brother's, but like maybe Wikipedia Al Capone's page, brother which is, is the one who ended up kind of like referring to William Hart as Two Gun. No, it says in it mo- says there's a quote in that article. 
He also adopted the actor's persona as much as possible, quote, even earning the two-gun moniker long attached to the motion picture star. Long Mm. attached. And that links to a hist... Well, okay, wait, hold on. Historynet.com. Okay, that's not... When you get to net.com, <laughs> see, I think I'll go back to my statement before, which is that on Wikipedia, when we get to like really historical, like if you go to the Battle of the Bulge article on Wikipedia, probably it will be f- accurate. You know, it'll be, it's like something, there's a lot of people who are really interested in it, that, and there's a lot of books written about it, a lot of historians care about it, and, you know, there, there's some wiggle room in terms of like how it's maybe... Sp- fun in terms of some of the judgment calls and things that we don't really know but then when you get into like silent movie actors then the salience of a given point about like well how well was he really known as two gun like you gotta go to like the there'll be like books of people who like researched it and that's where you're gonna get the like definitive take as opposed to the sort of hot take level of depth that we get from wikipedia yeah also the two gun heart mentioned in this article linked to from the Al Capone brother article is apparently about someone named Richard J. Hart. <laughs> so this is a totally different two gun heart. Okay. We've gotten way off so, the rails here. I don't know. There's so many two guns <laughs> that we can't even keep track. We can't even can't keep track of all the two gun silent movie stars. There's a lot of two guns out there. All I'm saying is, as I said in the fact, there are a surprisingly large number of people, places, and things named two guns i am i am surprised yeah i appreciate your surprise i was also (laughs) very surprised i don't know what the heck this article is this is fascinating all right i've got to get back to that but every other thing i saw lists this william s hart as being a very famous silent film comedian who was nicknamed two guns so i'm gonna go with that anyway you you can get your you can get your like uh, wires crossed pretty easily. Like you could, there's this CGP Gray adventure of like trying to figure out exactly how Staten Island, yeah, that's a good was one. defined or whatever and stuff like that. And like what you you go into the history and like the stuff that's like well agreed on or is like you'll get consistent. But as soon as you start getting inconsistent facts, then there's probably like an interesting mystery or there's often more to it and like wikipedia is not going to give you the current historical debate about a thing probably when it's something like that about like how did staten island come to be the way it is or who exactly was two guns heart or whatever you know that's where you need to go and fly across an ocean and <laughs> wander around <laughs> trying to get into a museum and, and fail just, and, that, and I mean, fail that is, yeah it is really great yeah we can link that uh yeah i'm seeing other evidence that william s hart is in fact a you know a two-gun man and and, mm-hmm. and was in fact well he was in that movie called two guns well but no yeah two gun bill but apparently he was just like that was a, maybe that was one of his more famous uh, yeah. uh mm-hmm. two gun bill look was known around the world mm-hmm. yeah and his films were the highest grossing in the industry and in fact the heartmuseum.org which i assume is you know his museum uh you know mentions two gun bill so oh, okay. you know, right. there's definitely some amount of reality to it but the, anyway fascinating i think we got through, we got, it's like a record of facts for a while, I think, to have five facts. Five facts is a lot of facts. Um, and we also have follow a up. little bit of follow-up. Yeah. You want to go first yeah. or second? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we mentioned last month, talking about computers and bits and bytes, mm. how computers sometimes lose track of time and dates. Uh, and when they do, and they go back to zero, they think it's January 1st, 1970, which is when the epoch 
uh, began in their, their counting system. But I offhandedly wondered, but why is that actually that some, I've often noticed that computers, when they do get confused in that way, well, uh, you'll see a date displayed not as January 1st, 1970, but as December 31st, 1969, which is like even dumber. And I joke this, like <laughs> maybe it's just like the date minus one instead of zero or something. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, we got follow up from Marco Arment. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. That it is because the epoch, as defined in Unix, is time begins in GMT. So it's January 1st, the first second of January 1st, 1970 in London is what zero is. And if you are like Arak and I and Marco and you are on the west side of the world from London, then you get like the end of the day in 1960, the last day of 1969, uh, further proving that computers are stupid. <laughs> Worth noting that, you know, GMT is for whatever reason that we should probably look up and talk about another time, the standard sort of gen, gen, general time zone for the world. But when Swatch invented Swatch Internet Time or Beat Time, <laughs> which, which is the time we all use now, decimal time that I really wish would have taken over, there were no time zones in Swatch Internet Time, but instead the new time scale of Beale Mean Time, BMT, because Swatch's headquarters is in Beale, Switzerland. Yeah, well, it's the one true time. Yeah. I also have a, a very short piece of feedback, which is that a couple of episodes ago, I don't even exactly remember what we were talking about, but we <laughs> mentioned the X from outer space, which is, mm -hmm. do you remember the giant chicken monster? Yeah, and how it was supposed to be terrifying, but it was not scary. Not at all. And But I said on that podcast, you asked what the monster's name was, and I said, I don't, I don't think he has a name. Or, it's I don't the know, X. It's, it's the X. And that is incorrect and i was uh, reminded of that by my good friend and fellow podcaster david blakesley that the monster's name is guilala ah uh, so how did we not guess and the minute i i saw that i was like ah of course ah. of course so anyone and all the all the extra matter space fans out there I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know, we've been doing this show for quite some time now. It was inevitable we would eventually, for the first time, get something wrong. Yeah, it was the first <laughs> thing that ever went wrong. So uh, you mentioned you wanted to talk to me about electric cars. Well, I have a rant, but like no one wants to hear it. So we'll oh, just... I want to hear it. Well, you can hear it, but no one else is hearing this part. So just stop listening. <laughs> Okay, yeah, now that you're all... Wait, is anyone there? Check. Hearing two programmers complain about electric cars is like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody need, no one has to hear this. This is for my own personal... So I have, as you mentioned, or maybe I have mentioned on the show, I've recently for the first time bought a home. Yeah. And we'll have probably some various... Um, stories of how that creates weird and interesting problems and, and situations. But one thing I did not expect to have in a home anytime soon, but we happened to just the way things worked out, this home has a garage. Woo! And so for the first time, I'll have a place where, I, A, I could charge an electric car, and B, never having had a garage before, I have this a bit of this kind of feeling of like, do I really want a vehicle that's like combusting like gas fumes in my home which is a thing that of course people around the world like are like what the hell like you don't that's, be an idiot like yeah, of course you do you just turn your car, car off when you get inside no every car does that like turn it off but to me it's like i'm getting this home and it's new i'm like i don't want to like you want to spoil it you want to soil it with spoil your... it with 
noxious <laughs> fumes and noxious dirty dust. and doesn't no it doesn't it seemed a very appealing to me yeah maybe it's time Time After we just made this ludicrously car. expensive purchase yeah. to make another uh, too expensive purchase and get an electric car. Okay, I'm on board. And, okay, so here is my challenge to you. Okay. Uh, I, 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 you're, you're my, like, uh, my shopping agent. Okay. I'm looking for an electric car yeah. um, that has at least as much trunk space as my golf does. I have like a golf sport wagon. Yeah, okay. So it's like a pretty small car, but it has a little bit of a Got extra a bit of a, trunk space. Bit of a trunk, yeah. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of a trunk, but not like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and that's the entire request. Oh, well, that seems very easy. Mm, yeah. So what, what, would you, what would you think I maybe should? Well, hold on. What is the size of a golf's trunk? Uh, it's 30 cubic feet. 30 cubic feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and I'm assuming because you said this was a rant <laughs> that, <laughs> that you feel like you have had trouble finding another. You you've had trouble finding a so okay so there are not a lot of options. The, the so Tesla Model Y has a 68 cubic foot <laughs> trunk. If the rear no, seats are down, no, it doesn't. With the, the rear, rear seats, seats down. folded now, down, what is how the, much? How big is the Model Y's trunk with the rear seats up? I want to know that. Yeah. Yeah, as do I. Do you not? Tesla won't tell us, right? It, it, it they do not tell us. Yeah, they are all are only Tesla forums of enthusiasts, uh, like speculating, including people who own them, and like those measurements, the way that they're like measured for the cubic feet. There's like some IEE whatever standard or whatever, but like none of the none of those people have come on. There's just people who are like, well, I'm on my Model Three, I could fit. 16 boxes of this size and yeah five suitcases and this one in the model y i could fit six suitcases so it's bigger cool but then like the numbers that i've seen of anyone doing the speculation is that the model y's trunk seems to like only be a little bit bigger than the model 3 like definitely not twice as big Mm -hmm. but like a bit bigger like no i think it's a lot bigger from what i've seen the photos make it look quite large but the actual any of the discussions of people who try to put things in it and compare it to the Model 3 or... That is insane uh, that Tesla doesn't specify the size of the right. trunk. And I think they don't specify the size because it's actually not that big. That's my theory. Because uh, a Model 3 only has... like A Golf wagon, which is not a large vehicle, has 30 cubic feet in the trunk. And a Model 3 only has 12. So it's like less than half as much. Remember that there storage. is also a frunk. Yeah, with like you can put a milk jug in it. No, no, no. It's 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 surprisingly big, and the one in the um, the one in the Model Y is actually quite a bit bigger than the one in the Model Three, even. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. That is what I've heard. Uh, of course, the Model X is also an option. Okay, the Model expensive. X. The also, yeah, it's like hundred thousand yeah, dollars. and they look expensive. like a blob. Like I Model like the, I like the look of it, but I'm, I'm no, I do, looks... I, I do, I don't love it, but I I, I think it's fine. I I also don't love high ride height. I'm just, there's a YouTube video Tesla Model Y's insane cargo space. So yeah, like I I bet that in that insane video they have the seats folded down, which I have like Model two car Y's seats cargo space in there. is fantastic. 
You yeah, know? when you fold the seats no, down, I don't and think people are like no, putting in pl- sheets of plywood no, in there. I, don't think they're I think they are. I don't think they are. But you did look into this. Uh, I, I I was frustrated because I was like, I don't, honestly, I don't love the look of the Model Y either. But I'm like, I'm way past. Okay, it. but you don't have to get a Model Y. By the way, you don't have to get a Tesla. You could get. Isn't there's so many vehicles out there? Why right? don't you get an ID three? Well, okay. Why don't I get an ID three? That's a great question, Eric. I'm glad you asked. So an ID3, for those who don't know, is the electric replacement for the Golf. The sequel to the E-Golf, we'll say. Right? It's a, it's like, yeah, sequel to the E-Golf. I think they look quite reasonable. They're fine. Um, they're, they're not they're not gorgeous cars, but I think they look reasonable. Uh, they are relatively reasonably priced for what they are. Yeah. A, they're not selling them in North America because Americans don't like hatchbacks and are ruining my life. They are selling them in North America. They may not but be selling are them they? in Canada, but they are selling them in North America. Are they? Yeah. Sales. Like right now, you like today, Americans can buy a 93? I'm pretty sure. They're not making top thing, for North ID America. ID in US, ID3 in USA. Top response. Volkswagen says it's not launching ID3 electric car in the United States because demand would be too low. Really? I saw that i could one of the websites i follow was like you could put down a, a, a okay well go go right buy now. now is it just like a scam is it just like a google ad that's trying well, to get you I'm to curious. pre-order one from europe and they're like send it off over in a okay crate. so no id3 all right great so well that's out then and um, and the what i really would want is like because the id3 because i researched the when so you know how I'm, it's like getting too late and i should go to bed and it's like the id3 only has 13 Cubic foot is like less than half okay. of the storage. What about the XC40, of, the new electric XC40 that's coming XC, out? The Volvo. Is that the Volvo? Yeah. Are they, did, is that all electric? I think they are now coming out with an all. Oh man, I love that Honda E, but that definitely does not have 30 cubic feet of anything. Uh, <laughs> no, it's you're a not cute little Porsche Taycan or a Tesla Cybertruck. Yeah, I well, oh my god, Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> my I why. also the Rivian would be amazing. That's the one I would want, but it's I more don't. Expensive. Like the less like a truck and the more like a hatchback the thing is, the more I like it. You want a car shaped car? No, you don't. You want a hatchback. I want to like the like a. Have you looked at the Polestar two? Um, are those even available to buy yet? Those are now just becoming available to buy. So this is kind of like a crossovery half truck. It's a half crossover. Car. It's people are loving it. Like. It's it's getting insanely good reviews. Um, like a lot of people who don't love Tesla are like, "This is the greatest." It's finally here. It's uh, rah, 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 rah. and the trunk space is fourteen cubic feet. So 14. the same as Model 3. 3 cubic feet rear and uh, one point two cubic feet front. So four fifteen point five. Now, what do you want? Thirty. Thirty. Well, that's just what that's Jesus. what my current <laughs> one has. It's not. It's just a Golf with a little bit extra butt. Like it's not a large vehicle. Okay, it's, Volvo XC forty electric SUV. But you don't want an SUV. I'm sure it's easier to park my my little golf sport wagon than like most of these SUVs, which I don't even want an SUV. You so how much was my e golf? That was not thirty. Uh, what you call it? A golf has twenty two and the e golf and e golf supposedly has twelve because they've used some yeah. of the space for the trunk. I think you're screwed. for extra battery packs because what you. But I also want, think what you want is unreasonable. What? I, why is that so unreasonable <laughs> to have as much storage? Like a golf's not a large vehicle to have as much storage as a golf wagon. You can make because the they don't vehicle. make wagons yet. Nobody wants a wagon, but you and me and Casey List. Like nobody wants yeah, a wagon. But f- I feel like the three of us are a lucrative market and they should make a car for the three of us that really want a, a proper vehicle yeah. that is not a truck or cyber yeah. demon. And you don't want an SUV. Spawn. 
I don't want. I mean, like, I would tolerate a small SUV. Like the, like, the Rivian R1S is probably my next car. I would guess. Like that's the the kind of Land Rovery one they're yeah, making. Because yeah. we actually need a bigger car because m- the Model Three, like, if the like my my niece's car seat will not fit behind me. Right? Like, yeah, that's the problem with the. Like a Model Three, but the car seat space is not a lot, and then also the trunk space is not a lot. Once you go in and you're like, oh yeah, a, the, a the stroller. stroller takes up the entire trunk. Yeah, and that, to me, that's a no go. The Model Y is 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 on the table, but to be honest with you, as much as I love Tesla, the car, I really don't like Tesla, the company at this point. So I'm kind of yeah. hoping I can get away from Tesla. But the, this Rivian One S looks very large. Like uh, I would yeah, not want to have to I think park it's this pretty vehicle. huge. The, there are a bunch of really cool ones coming out in Europe. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you live in Canada. Yeah. And the ridiculous thing of like Americans and Canadians, like safety regulations are harmonized, but not Canada. No, and the, the problem you have is that while Canada is on the same page as Europe fuel standards wise, mm. um, for the most part, I think and the USA is not. And Canada does not rec- represent a big enough market for them to do anything. The U.S. does. But because the U.S. is currently not you know requiring the kinds of cars that europe is the car companies are not making them for the u.s market and they mostly sell in canada whatever they made for the u.s market it's fuel and safety like apparently one of the things is in europe they have regulations safety regulations that affect the people who could be like uh pedestrians so if pedestrians are hit by a car then how safe it is for them yeah and like americans are just like what if like that's the pedestrians fault like what were they doing walking like (laughs) yeah 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 for sure (laughs) and so we end up with cars in europe that are designed in a certain way and then they meet those standards and it just uh, i am just uh, no yeah i mean they have a standard of things have have to be proven safe before you can sell them we have the opposite there is the you could i mean there's the audi e-tron uh but it's kind of pricey Right. Yeah, it's not getting up to like a hundred thousand dollars almost. There's I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean there's a lot, like I said, there's like a Seats and and all kinds of things in Europe, but I don't yeah. think any of those are coming to the US. I don't think you're buying a Ford Mustang Mach E uh or a, <laughs> or the new Hummer, which is also electric. Uh it's all electric now, which is kind of amazing. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Mazda MX thirty. Oh, I don't know that one. It's a. It hasn't been officially confirmed for the U.S. market yet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so many of them. We're just like, oh, this is kind of reasonable. And it's like you literally can't even buy it. No. So in my so then like to kind of bring this all to a conclusion. Porsche making. <laughs> yeah, I get. I get you. Right. Porsche yeah. Well, also, some of the context for this is like I don't drive that much, and so to spend Tesla even $50,000 on one of these <laughs> like a Model Y is like more than $50,000 and like yeah. I don't even drive to work and so it's like that no, amount yeah, of money need... is really hard to just like what I want yeah. is just a Golf Sport Wagon used <laughs> but electric right I well, want Oh you could oh, do a conversion. Oh, I feel like that would be a bit of a project I don't, I think to it's, fall into. You should investigate. Investigate yeah. and get I, back to us. After, like, kind of hitting my head against this for a while, the least bad things I could come up with in, like, that sort of <laughs> substantially less than $50,000 range, or it was a RAV4 Prime. Oh, God. Okay. Which I would not be pleased with. No. For, actually, you know, I don't have any problem with RAV4. I no, like Toyota. I'm already unhappy for you. Well, the thing that makes me, another side of the rant is, like, uh, 
car design got very trucky and yes. angry and manly yes. uh, in recent times. And so, like, the previous RAV4 was not, like, a cool vehicle. No. But at least it was, like... It was so much smaller, though. These They're huge now. Oh yeah, the new God. RAV4s, they look like trucks. And, like, they don't have any more storage, really. In them. And maybe they're a little bit bigger. But it's really just, like, they suddenly got more, like, some toxic masculinity, like, added they, or whatever. Yeah. Which, for, like, a RAV4, it's not, it's not no. like it's a... Like, at least with like, a Cybertruck, it's, like, it's a statement. There's, like, five of us who want either even even car-shaped cars uh um tm syracusa uh are no longer all that popular and and you know you want a wagon like that hasn't been popular in a long time yeah, but they're just objectively better. And like I was Googling this, I'm like, I'm literally okay, the only person. They are not objectively better, Alan. Um, excuse me. A wagon is definitely objectively better. Not objectively like, okay. better. It but is you, for a you family. objectively prefer them. Like, so compared to an SUV, <laughs> now you've now you've really set off a thing. Because like compared to an SUV, a wagon is objectively better. It's more either more fuel efficient or better performance. But you're deciding that those are the things that matter. Well, those are so, not objectively better. Those are Allen's better. It's all a priority stack. More fuel efficient. No, you have better your, performance. You have your priority. More fun stack. to drive. Well, to you. And what more is the advantage of the SUV? It's the, the advantage of the SUV is that then your like fragile American <laughs> ego about having a wagon is not bruised. Listen, I right? love wagons. I am a wagon guy. I would. I wish I could go back to driving a Volvo, like you know, seven forty, like from nineteen eighty eight. You know, actually, even I like sedans. I like wagons. I like the thing is, like, I don't have a, I, like I don't want a minivan, but I understand. No, I don't minivan. want a minivan. A minivan is a whole different thing, and there's things minivans that are better, no, right? Nobody and wants there's minivan. definitely some advantages to a hatchback over a wagon because it's shorter, it's easier to. By the way, nobody wants a minivan. I'm pretty convinced of this. Some people are happy with them. Oh no, no, That's no. Fine some people them. have minivans for various reasons. If you have three or four, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I don't right? think anyone's. But the thing with the wagon one. is like. Or, or like compare it like a hatchback to a what do they call a car shaped car like a sedan yeah. with a trunk yeah. like the trunk is just worse right there's no thing that's better about the trunk <laughs> other than there's this like American sensibility that having a trunk is like oh, I don't know it's, it's, it's just people uh, can't see what's in there as easily or steal your stuff what do you, they, they pull you have they have a pullover like but the pullover pull means the, you can't put all the stuff in there what and then when I'm not using the pullover I have to higher. find a place to put the pullover. By the way, no, the I'm pullover just like tracks. Here. I love hatchbacks, but like hatchbacks, wagons, they are not obje- the one true vehicle. They are not 99% of all car better. purchasers in North America are all wrong, okay. and you all have the wrong taste. And there's the official position of this show. That is not, that is, let me be very clear here. That is not the official <laughs> position. You're all of wrong, and you're ruining cars. But that is the official position of people Alan, who want uh, I am a proper hater cars. Bike. <laughs> I just want a proper electric wagon like a normal person. I want you to have it. I do. I really do. I want it to exist. And that's what, like, they're so close with the Volkswagen ID3 in terms of making an electric car. Yeah. And that's one thing in this research. Import it. Yeah, well, I mean, you could, but then it doesn't have the trucks. I want the ID3 wagon. Okay. <laughs> right? I'm asking for that. a very tall order here. Like, not only a car that you can't buy in North America, but a wagon version of that car. And then there's the ID. Four, so the ID three, and then there's ID four, which is going to be like their more model Y kind of shaped yeah. ones. So I'm curious yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. That's not even no, no. Available you, you've yet. got a year or two before it's there, so maybe just allow your exploding dinosaur vehicle to. Ah, uh, it's going to be exploding dinosaurs. Going to get dinosaur juice all over the yeah. stuff in the car. It's going to be disgusting. Sorry, bud. 